If you brought your Bibles today, and I pray that you did, open them up with me to the book of Matthew chapter 18 and verse 21. Matthew 18 and 21, and I want to pray over the word this morning as we receive it. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that we can hold it in our hands. And as we open it today, we ask you to open our eyes to the wonders of it. God, that we would incline our ear to what you're saying, that you would open up our hearts to receive, uh, Lord, and that you would unite our hearts in your presence. Lord, that we won't be divided of heart or mind, but we will be solely following you. And I thank you for the blessing of your scripture today. Holy Spirit, take uh, my remarks and, and cause them to do what I could never make them do, which is enter the heart of men and women and to build them up by the power of your spirit in Jesus name. Amen. So I told you to go to Matthew last week or the last few weeks, we've been in the book of Colossians. Remember we had talked about the things that he's, he's mentioning there that, but because of who we are in Christ, we should kill sin in our life. And there are things that we should put off. Being a believer, having this new life in Christ, there are things that we should put off and there are things that we should put on. And as we were going through last week of the things that we should put on, in, in Colossians 3 and verse 12, I'll just read this part real quick. He says, Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience, bearing with one another. I like the way the New Living Translation says it. It says making allowance for each other's faults, but bearing with one another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. And we went through some of these items last week. And I told you when I was studying, when I got to forgiveness, it was just way too big to fit into that uh, sermon. And I was like, Lord, what do I need to do with this? And I'm, like, I'm teaching on forgiveness uh, this next Sunday. So that's what I want us to talk about today. It just grew so much as I was thinking on it, praying on it and studying on it. Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about today. And Lord willing, probably carry on into next week and we'll see. Uh, but forgiveness, and I gave you this definition last week. Forgiveness is a supernatural act of faith that's empowered by grace and declares the love and the goodness of God. It's a supernatural act that I get to be involved in. Supernatural act of faith empowered by grace that, that declares and demonstrates God's love. And, and there's a great story here in Matthew 18 that I want to read to you that Jesus uses when he's asked about forgiveness. So Matthew 18 and beginning in verse, let's see, what did I tell you? Yeah, 21. So as Peter approached him, approached Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? As many as seven times? And I, I tell you, not as many as seven, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle accounts, one who owed 10,000 talents was brought before him. Verse 25. Since he did not have the money to pay it back, his master commanded that he, his wife, and his children, and everything he had be sold to pay the debt. At this, the servant fell face down before him and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you everything. 
Then the master of that servant had compassion, released him, and forgave him the loan. That servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him, started choking him, and said, pay what you owe. At this, his fellow servant fell down and began begging him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he wasn't willing. Instead, he went and threw him into prison until he could pay what was owed. When the other servants saw what had taken place, they were deeply distressed and went and reported to their master everything that had happened. Then after he summoned him, the master said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Shouldn't you also have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And because he was angry, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay everything that was owed. So also my heavenly father will do to you unless every one of you forgives his brother and sister from your heart. So pretty wild story, right? And this is what Jesus tells when he's asked about forgiveness. Peter comes, and we, we could have gone back further, but we don't have time today. But Peter said, well, how many times am I supposed to forgive my brother? Seven times a day? And Jesus said, no, not seven. Seventy times seven means I want you to forgive him a bunch. I want you to forgive him a bunch, Peter. He said, the kingdom of God can be compared to. So he goes to telling this story when he's asked about forgiveness. And he said, a king wanted to settle accounts. And there was one of his servants who owed him ten thousand talents. I want you to just keep in mind, you, you remember we had the story, the, the parable of the talents, the rich man, he's leaving town, he's leaving some of the talents with his servants. About how many did he leave? About 10? It was right around 10. So he was a rich man and he had 10 talents. This is 10,000 talents. When Jesus uses this denomination, this amount of currency, what you're supposed to hear is more money than you can imagine. You know, when you're a kid, you know, when you're trying to tell what a really big number is, you're like, it's a bazillion, gazillion dollars. It's a whole bunch. That, that's what you're supposed to hear when you're reading this. As a matter of fact, I think that one talent, one talent, and this man owed how many? 10,000. One talent was about 20 years worth of pay for a laborer. So one talent, 20 years worth of labor or pay for a laborer. This man owes 10,000 talents. Again, we're supposed to hear more than you could ever imagine. This amount is higher than you can fathom. Even someone having, much less someone owing this amount. And he, the man who owed this was brought before the king. And obviously he couldn't pay it. It's a bazillion, gazillion dollars. He can't pay it. He can't. And the king says, because you haven't paid me my money, I'm going to take you, your wife, your children and everything you have and sell it to pay toward the debt. And the servant fell face down. He said, please, if you just give me some time, if you just be patient with me, I can pay it. I'll pay you the money that I owe you. <coughs> Excuse me. And the, the king then had released him. And forgave him the loan. So he asked.
still working on it. He asked for more time and he got forgiven. And then he gets up as a man who's just been forgiven a bazillion gazillion dollars. And he goes out and he sees a man who owes him about one day's worth of pay. One day's worth of pay is about how much this man owes him. And he snatches him up by his neck, choking him, says, you need to pay me my money. You need to pay me what you owe me. And it says the man fell down at his feet and said, if you'll just be patient with me, if you'll just give me some time, I'll pay it back to you. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? It's supposed to. And the man who's choking him, or who has choked him, says, no, you're out of time. Time's up. You get no more time. You haven't paid me what you owe me. Today's the day. And it said he had him thrown into prison until he could pay everything that he owed him. And it says when the other servants are watching this, it says they're deeply distressed. And you know what they were thinking? They're thinking, what in the world is he doing? Can you believe he's doing this? He was just the one in there that just got forgiven the bazillion, gazillion dollar debt. And he comes out here and that, you know that guy doesn't owe him very much money. And he's choking him out. He's snatching him up by the neck. And so they go and tell the king, hey, king, you remember that guy, bazillion, gazillion guy? When he went out of here, here's what he did. And the king calls him back in there and he says, are you serious? I forgave you this large amount. He said, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you asked me. Shouldn't you have also had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And it says, because he was angry, the king handed the man over to the jailers. He reversed the debt. He put it back on him. And he said, because you didn't forgive, I'm not going to forgive you. You're going to jail until you can pay everything that you owe. And then Jesus says, so it will be. My heavenly father will do to you unless you forgive your brother and sister from your heart. So this is a, a wild story. And I want us to talk about three things in it today. Three things in this story today that Jesus told when he was asked about forgiveness. When he said the kingdom of heaven is like this. The man who owed the king so much money, the bazillion gazillion dollars guy. He asked for more time. We said that he got forgiven, but then he got up and left like all he had was more time. He owed this huge amount, the amount he couldn't pay. He asked for more time. It wasn't going to matter, but he asked for more time. The king forgave him, but he got up and left like all he got was more time. And this is important for us to understand because it's a picture of the debt between us and God. Our sin debt between us and God. See, when you come to the knowledge that God is there, that he exists, and that he has these beautiful, amazing qualities about him, you want to be with him. But you also understand that the, all these amazing, beautiful qualities about him mean that there are standards to what can get close to him. And our sin 
separates us from Him completely. The only way we can get to Him is to do something with all that sin we have in us, on us, around us. The sin that we are, that's the only way we can get close. And so the weight of that is like the huge debt of the bazillion, gazillion dollars because we can't pay it. We can't. We try to. We want to. We want to clear that debt. We want to make ourselves better. Anybody before you came to Christ, you tried, you realized you weren't okay, but you tried to fix it by yourself? Yeah. I tried to fix it by myself. I tried to be okay with the things that I could do, what I could get into my hands. I wanted to feel better. I wanted to feel like I was okay when I knew that I wasn't and I was trying to pay a debt that I could never, ever pay. So again, watch this. The man came and he asked for more time. Don't be dumb enough to think that you can clean yourself up outside of Jesus. Don't think that you can pay this debt, that you can get to a point of right standing or righteousness outside of him. That's what the man was asking for. He's like, if you just give me time, I'll pay this. But Jesus told us the amount. They would have heard it and go, ain't no way this man's ever paying this. You couldn't earn this much money in a thousand lifetimes. There's no way you can pay this amount of money. And he asked for more time and he got forgiven. That's what you got when you came to Christ. The debt that you couldn't pay got forgiven. And what we want to learn right here in this first point from this man who handled this completely wrong is that when we get up, we don't want to act like we just got more time. We don't want to act like we just got more time to get ourselves cleaned up and get ourselves together and build up some form of self-righteousness so that we would then be acceptable. We understand that the only reason we're acceptable, the only reason reason that we're righteous is because of Jesus and the cross. That's the only way. So he asked for more time. He got forgiven and then he got up like all he had was more time. How do we know that? Because when he left, he started snatching up the people that still owed him money. Again, he's just been forgiven this huge amount And he goes out and sees this guy that owes him just a little bit. And he treats him like he hadn't just gotten forgiven, like he still owed a debt that he couldn't pay. So that's why he's got to collect from everybody that owes him. When you live like you've just got more time, it makes you a terrible forgiver. A terrible Forgiver, when you're still living like you're going to get it done outside of Christ, it's going to make you a terrible forgiver. So he asked for more time. He got forgiven, but then he lived not as a man forgiven, but as a man who only got more time. And then I want you to notice number two, the expectation and the requirement that he be a forgiver didn't come about until after he had already been forgiven. You'll see that, not that we're perfect, but unbelievers are terrible forgivers. Why? Because they don't even have the capacity. If this man had asked for more time and that's all he had gotten, let's say that's all he got was more time. King, if you'll just give me more time, I'll pay you everything that I owe you. Please don't throw me in, in prison. And he said, okay, well, I'll give you about a day. I'll give you a day. You better have my money and then we'll be square. Now, then if the man goes out 
and snatches this guy up by the neck, nobody's going to question it, right? He's going to need to snatch a lot of other people up by the neck in the next 24 hours to get this money, right? We understand it. He's got this big debt hanging over him. There's no way he can just go, hey, man, you know that? Yeah, don't worry about it. You don't know. He's got to collect on everybody that owes him because he still owes. But when the king forgave him, he gave him the capacity to forgive. He didn't have it before. Before you got forgiven, you didn't have the capacity. Right? If you don't have any money, you can't give anybody else any money. You see my point? But if you don't have any money and I give you $20, all of a sudden you have a capacity to give somebody else $20. You see how that works? So when he forgave him, he then gave him the capacity to forgive because he moved the debt off of him. He moved the debt off of him. And then the king rightly expected that his forgiveness would have an effect. When I forgive you this huge amount, I expect it to have an effect on your life. I expect it to change the way that you think and change the way that you act. The gospel changes us from the inside out. It changes who we are. It changes how we think because the debt that we had has been taken off of us. It's been forgiven. And then that empowers us, gives us an ability that we didn't have before to love people that we would have otherwise had to deal with differently because that would have been the only option that we had. And so because he's given us that ability, there comes an expectation. I love it that he doesn't put an expectation on us without first giving us the ability. You see how that works? Again, $20. My daughter doesn't have any money. I give her $20. She's like, I don't have any money. Will you give me $20? Yeah. So here, here's $20. Now she has $20. Somebody comes along and says, hey, you know, I really need some money. Is there any way you can help me? And she says, no, I don't have any. I don't have any money. Sorry. Right? She did have the capacity to help. I'm going to look at her like, I just get, you see, but there wouldn't have been the expectation that she helped if she didn't have the ability. And he doesn't do that to us. So one, he, he was a man who got forgiven, but he just lived like he got more time. And then number two, the expectation to forgive didn't even come on him until after he was forgiven. We don't have the capacity to forgive until we're forgiven. Because just like if we owed that big debt, we can't forgive someone else the debt because really all we're doing is just transferring them the king's money. We're just giving them the king's money, which is an important question in this story. In the story of the bazillion, gazillion dollars, who paid the debt? Who paid the debt? Our first thought may be, well, nobody paid it. It was forgiven, right? It was forgiven. Nobody paid it. That's not the case. Who forgave the debt? The king. Who paid the debt? The king. Right? $20 example again. You owe me $20 and I tell you, hey, don't worry about it. Forgive that. Don't worry about it. Who paid the $20? I did. Because I gave you $20 I didn't get back. I paid the debt. So in the bazillion, gazillion dollars, the 10,000 talents, who paid the debt? The king paid the debt. He paid it in himself. Because he said, you owe me this 
I'm telling you I forgive it. I'm not going to collect it from you. So he paid it himself, this massive astronomical amount of debt. And all he expected the man to do was to go and do likewise on a small microscopic level. It's like, I've forgiven you this massive amount. I paid it. And then you won't go out and forgive someone this small amount. Which that, that leads me to the, to the third point. And the first one, he asked to be given more time. He got forgiven, but he lived like all he got was more time. Like he was still under the debt. And then number two, the expectation didn't come on him until after he was forgiven because it was then that he was given the capacity to forgive. Number three, when we're talking about who paid the debt, when we're dealing with sin, it's important to remember that the debt will be paid. It will be paid. Every debt will be paid by someone. Someone is going to have to pay it. And you notice the king forgave this big debt. The man went out and wouldn't forgive a man this little amount. Then look, he called him back in front of him and he said, I'm putting this back on you. What I forgave you of, I'm putting back on you. Why? Somebody's got to pay it. And he said, I'm going to lock you up. The jailers are going to torture you until you can pay every dime. When we walk in unforgiveness, when we refuse to forgive others, it's going to bind us up. It's going to hold us captive and it is going to torture us. And if you've ever walked in unforgiveness, you've felt that. And guess what? We've all felt that. We all know what that feels like to try to carry someone else's sin debt and expect to be the one that collects on it. But it just slowly but surely weighs us down, eats us up, binds us up and tortures us. Why? Because it's got to be paid. It has to be paid. And when you're walking in unforgiveness, you're saying, I'm going to carry this until I can make them pay it. I'm going to I'm going to carry this until I can make them pay it. Every debt has to be paid. Somebody is paying it. So where does what happens to sin? Where does it go? Have you ever thought about that? When you've sinned against somebody else, when somebody else has sinned against you, where does it go? I'm talking about the, the ones in your past, the ones in your present, the ones even in your future. Where do they go? I'll tell you. Every sin ever committed, we said it must be paid, it will be paid, and it's going to be paid in one of two ways. It's going to end up in one of two places. It's either going to be punished rightly, justly, and forever in hell. That's the first option. Not the best option. Or it's going to be absorbed completely, graciously, and eternally by the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Every sin, every, everything you've ever done, everything I've ever done, everything that's been done to you, everything that's been done to me, it's going one of those two places. One of those two places, because the debt must be 
paid. Forgiveness does not mean that sin goes unpunished. That's not the way God's universe works. He takes sin very, very, very seriously. And that's something we need to remember because that's one of our temptations to walk in unforgiveness. You sin against me. And in my mind, I'm saying, well, if I forgive them, what's going to happen to what they did to me? So they just get to just go on after they did this to me? After they caused me to feel like this? They just get to just go? Nobody's going to know how awful they are. Nobody's going to know what they did. Nobody, they're not going to be punished. We felt that, right? And so what do we do? What are we tempted to do? I'm going to carry it. I'm going to make sure that they feel, they made me feel pain. I'm going to make sure they feel pain. They hurt me. I'm going to make sure that they get punished for hurting me. That's the unforgiveness that we're talking about. And why do we do that? I don't think I can trust you, God. You seem too nice. You're always talking about forgiving people. You seem too nice. You're just going to let them, you're just going to let them off the hook. That's why we would walk in unforgiveness because we're not trusting him. And what I'm telling you is that you are going to be able to believe that either his gospel is big enough to save them, meaning forgive all of their sins by putting them on Christ or the end result of that sin is going to be worse for them than you could ever imagine. And I don't say that to go where we go, good. No, it, it, it's with a, a, a sober mind that we, that, that we think, a somber mind that we think on that and go every sin ever committed is either going to be graciously forgiven by Jesus because they've repented and they put it on him or is going to result in eternal separation from God the Father. No sin goes unpaid. Not one. Not a single one. That's how serious he takes sin. So then think about it. How foolish am I to carry someone else's sin like I'm the only one that can hold them accountable? Like I'm the only one that can make them pay. I'm the only one who can do it right. I look just as silly as this guy in this story who got forgiven a bazillion, gazillion dollars of his own and then went out and started choking people out because they owed him one day's worth of pay. That's what we're meant to see in this story. That's what Jesus is encouraging us in. He's like, don't, you don't worry about carrying it. You need to forgive because here's what it's going to do to you if you don't. Here's how it's going to play out in your life. If you don't, forgiveness is a supernatural act of faith empowered by grace that demonstrates the love of God. He has forgiven us the bazillion, gazillion dollars. And in perspective, this guy owes us just a hundred bucks. It's not worth us carrying. It's not worth us toting. Again, we've been forgiven. We don't want to live like all we got was more time. When we get for when we're forgiven of all of our sin, 
then we now have the capacity to forgive others. And then it doesn't, sin doesn't just go away. It doesn't go unpunished. It will be paid. And Jesus is saying the same payment that I made for your sin, I'm able to make for theirs. And if they choose to continue to uh, resist me, rebel against me, then you don't want to see what happens next. It is, he takes it that serious. And he says, this man was thrown into jail, tortured. He said, the same thing's going to happen to you if you walk in unforgiveness. The same thing's going to happen to you if you walk in unforgiveness. He's like, God, you would do that to me? And I believe he's saying, you would do that to yourself. You're doing that to yourself because you're choosing to carry that. Right? The opposite of forgiveness is carrying that grudge, carrying that debt, carrying that payment. I'm the one that's going to do it. I'm the one that has to do it. And, and we think that we're going to find peace and rest and satisfaction when we finally get to punish that person. When they're finally held accountable, then I'm going to feel okay. I feel terrible right now because we're carrying enough forgiveness. But if I can get them to, to just receive that punishment for what they did, then I'll feel okay. And it's, that is completely and utterly false. The only place we'll feel that peace and rest is in the grace of Jesus Christ. That's the only place that we'll feel that rest, that, that grace that he has made available to us. So now, obviously, we're going to cover more on this. As I, as I started digging into it, I was like, man, it's just so much more of a larger conversation than what I can cover in uh, one Sunday. And I want to I take a little bit more time with it because I want us to have a good understanding of what it means. Because what did he say? If we don't, it can go really badly for us. If we get deceived into carrying that unforgiveness in our own self, it can go really, really bad for us. And we don't want that. So when we're, we're going to talk about things like, is it different dealing with a believer compared to an unbeliever? How does this look in my life when, when, I'm, when I'm walking this out? How does, how does it look? Is there a difference between... Uh, forgiveness and reconciliation, right? Is forgiving also forgetting? I want, to, I want us to talk about some of these things as we go ahead in the next week. We'll see how big it gets. We'll see. Lord willing, uh, he, he's going to show us some things on it that I believe will set us free from some of the pain that we felt from carrying that unforgiveness. Amen? But we're starting from here. That forgiveness is that supernatural means outside of what I can do. Act of faith, empowered by God's grace, that demonstrates His love, that declares His love. We've been forgiven so much, we shouldn't act like we just have more time to pay that debt. And when He forgave us, He's given us a capacity we didn't have before. And, and again, sin is very serious. And God takes it very, you see how serious God takes sin. He takes it very seriously. It creates a debt and the debt will be paid. But we are poor collectors of it. We're not the ones 
to collect on it. But one way or another, it's going to be paid. Amen. Let's pray to you. I want to pray with us as we get ready to go today. Talking through some of these things. Father, thank you. Thank you first and foremost for the, the beginning of the story that we see a man who owed more than he could ever pay and he got forgiven and you told us that's what the kingdom's like. We know you're the good and right king and in your kingdom, those who come to you and throw themselves at your feet, asking for mercy and asking for compassion, get forgiven. The man didn't even have the audacity to ask for forgiveness. He just asked for more time, God, but you forgave him the debt. And I pray that we'll see the full weight of the forgiveness that you've made available to us. What you bore in yourself to remove from us so that we'll have more understanding of how great your grace is towards us and how much you have loved us. And listen, I tell you today that if you are if you are feeling the weight of that sin debt. You're bearing it in your own body. Don't just ask for more time. When he stands ready to forgive you. Don't just ask for a, 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 another few days to try to get your stuff lined out. Think you've got something working. He's the only one that can work that righteousness and peace in your life. We aren't able to pay it any more than the man was able to pay the bazillion, gazillion dollars. Ask for compassion. Ask for his grace. Ask for forgiveness. And he will and do it freely. Father, thank you. And I thank you that as we as we go today, Lord, that you do some work in our hearts on this, that you show us areas where we've carried unforgiveness and where we've noticed the symptoms of it, but we didn't notice the cause. Help us to forgive those that have sinned against us from our heart to release that debt, knowing that it, everything is going to be paid. But you are a much better keeper of accounts than we can ever be. And that we find that rest in your grace and in your mercy that you've opened up to us. Lord, as we leave today, we pray for those that are uh, dealing with weakness in their body. That, that are out from us today because they're weak in their body. We, we pray strength upon them in the name of Jesus. That your kingdom come and your will be done in them, through them, and around them right now. Lord, that they will rest well tonight and be raised up in strength tomorrow. And Lord, for those that are dealing with difficult situations, whether it's family members and their health or their situations, Lord, I thank you that you are more than able to perfect those things which concern us. I thank you that you give us strength and peace and wisdom and favor that we don't have in ourselves, but we have because we walk as your children, that we'll be led by your spirit and that we won't grow weary in doing good, God, but you will help us to put on that patience and humility, that grace 
graciousness that we learn from you. And I thank you that you'll make all these things work together for the good of those that love you and who are called according to your purpose. As we get ready to leave today, Lord, protect us, keep us safe. Bless your people. And I thank you that as we go into this week, we do so with our minds on you. We do so thinking about you. And Lord, with that, you give us eyes to be able to see those who you would uh, bring across our path that we can encourage, that we can build up, that we can point to you. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name, that we leave in peace and unity with each other. And Lord, you bring us safely back together again under the banner of your name to celebrate you and to follow you together. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.